Welcome to the Learn Perform Mixtape. I'm your host for this podcast, Laura Pasquini. I created this podcast to prepare me and maybe you for the Certified Professional Learning and Performance Exam, the CPLP. These series of podcasts will be my open study notes. Welcome to the learning. In this episode 3.4, we're going to talk about ways to facilitate informal learning and building communities. So informal learning communities. How can informal learning and learning communities impact training delivery? This is Area of Expertise 3, Training Delivery, the specific subsection around informal learning and building of learning communities. So 90% of learning occurs outside formal training settings and environments. So talent development professionals really need to foster these activities and encourage informal learning experiences for training and learning. Learning objectives in this section include list at least three ways to facilitate informal learning and describe three ways to encourage learners to develop their own personal learning network. So this is a favorite part of mine. I like informal learning a lot, and I think it complements a lot of what we do with formal learning and training. Informal learning, it's anything that's not learned in a specific program, a formal class, and it could this could be anything from on the job through talking, observing others, maybe even trial and error, discovery, collaboration. Maybe you're studying or reading books on your own to learn the knowledge. Some people are even taking massive open online courses like MOOCs to figure out a new tool, a new skill set. Um, they're really seeking knowledge and information through other ways. And we see people look for it on social media and even have conversations in virtual communities. So they might be on the web, have community blogs, videos, social networks, podcasts, videos, discussion forums, and more. So you see a community on anything like Reddit that has a discussion thread to even sharing a hashtag on Twitter. So that's a little touch on informal learning. Formal learning defines learning as a behavior change and rooted in a philosophy of behaviorism. Constructivism is a big area that suggests knowledge is built or constructed through experiences and influenced by interactions with people, ways of knowing, and ways of learning. When we talk about learning platforms and applications, there are so many ways that you could go ahead and find these opportunities to learn informally and formally online. So with a growing number of digital spaces, they're allowing people to interact and exchange information, develop ideas together, post questions, share advice, and disseminate things. Like you know this, you might use this on a social media platform, you might post to your own wall, you might ask questions to a thread, Here are a few ways that you can think about learning through these web technologies and different platforms that are networked and connected. So blogging, you might capture ongoing knowledge. You give a voice to your learning, like I blog, and I just try to write down things I'm learning about, training, and discovering. Tags, you could search, find, retrieve, and link knowledge. So people do this through social bookmarking. People also use hashtags on Instagram and Twitter to thread and recall things. So it's kind of like searching the catalog to find topics and also manage information. People often use wikis as a support and cooperative decision-making space that also allows for documentation. So you can have many users edit and augment a wiki. This could be like a PB Works or even a Google Sites where you have multiple people access to different pages. You could upload files, share resources within, and it becomes like a repository. People are also sharing through screencasts, so demonstrating a skill, a how-to. You might explain a process of how it works or identify a step-by-step process and record that and capture that on the screen. Communities of practice is a big one. That's Wenger, uh, ATN Wenger coined this term. It used to create and share professional knowledge. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, 
You'll also find others using instant messaging, whether they're using WhatsApp, uh, they're using one of the messenger services built in, GroupMe, and that's to connect immediately to facilitate communication and indicate with some things available. So you could share different links, uh, media, videos, and whatnot through these apps. Podcasts provide a number of information. This is a growing influx. So we see other content and link to digital spaces. I'll share a little bit about that a little later in this pod, in this episode. And finally, videos. How many times have you gone to YouTube to teach a skill, to find a skill, to learn how to do something and figure it out, whether it's assembling a bike tire to figure out how to play a favorite song and learning those chords? Uh, Videos are a great way to demonstrate and share knowledge, explain an idea, and we see people uploading and sharing a wealth of these in different areas. Explainer videos and sharing ideas helps to give meaning. Why do you think Khan Academy became so popular when it became easy to break down an idea, a complex problem, a math equation, by explaining it to someone on a whiteboard video screen? Techniques for encouraging the use of informal learning is really important because It really leverages the existing materials and relationships without requiring a formal classroom, a learning designer, a training facilitator, or time, effort, and space to do this. So to support informal learning, you will really want to set clear expectations among stakeholders in your organization. So any talent development professional wants to think about informal learning and the potential it has for the workplace. Uh, This might be creating a stretch assignment for employees, like a project, a task, or a task force. You bring them together, and this sets them to a specific uh, requirement and get them to know a certain skill, knowledge, or level, and help them develop in a real-time setting. So it could be solving a problem or inventing a new idea to help a solution in the workplace. Or you might even put employees into new roles. So you have them swap different roles or experience uh, what the other person is doing. So that would give them a quick way to also learn. Informal learning may also include formal feedback systems. So you can ask for 360 feedbacks or reviews. So from peers, supervisors, and their self. Uh, there might be some coaching, one-to-one, and or mentoring. So we see this in some of the workplaces, including um, from job chatting to mentoring on a position or a task or assignment. You might be paired somewhere, and there's a few other ways you can include group activities that really promote informal learning at work. Examples could be orientation and onboarding at work or showing a new technical aspect of the job. Um, these are really ways that we value and bringing people together informally to share, pass off information that may not be in a policy procedure manual, right? We also want to expand kind of the scope of assignments that workers can handle. And to do this, you might create proficiencies by creating a team effort or a paired opportunity where they can learn from one another and help them address some of the challenges. Uh, You might also look to update worker skills and knowledge. And so maybe someone did a certain training and you want them to bring it back to your workplace and educate others in an informal on-the-job way. And you really want to think about informal learning as an ongoing process. And it's not just a one-off task, a simple tech solution, or a space where they'll just go and do informal learning, but it's an ongoing process that's addressed. I think there's a really good article about uh, thinking about this more is how to promote informal learning in groups. And Juana Lorenz put an article into the Association for Talent Development, thinking about simple things like brown bag lunches, thinking about communities and networks to offer, peer learning, maybe thinking about uh, meetings that are also there to share work assignments and projects. So seminars, symposias, conferences. Um, There's just a few and there's many more that you could think about just coming up with your team and ways to engage them in meetings and while the group is together. 
It's really important that talent development professionals coach employees and managers to accept and also leverage informal learning by setting clear expectations of what it is and how it's valued among the company. You really want to gain executive support for these efforts, right? So they don't want to think you're messing around somewhere on a social media site, but you're actually looking to build a repository of knowledge sharing, content that can be leveraged, quick questions that can be answered. And this would be built into practices, policies, and procedures, and expectation to contribute to these informal ways to ongoing professional development. Training also informally helps to clarify goals and desired outcomes. So if it's focused on something specific, a challenge, a product, a production or service, this is a way to emphasize that and build those skills and reinforce what formal training does. This could also be a way to identify gaps in any knowledge and skills. So informally, you may see a kind of co-sharing and coaching opportunity between your employees that can help informally tool up and train them. And you might also let employees lead their own learning efforts when possible. So have employees decide independently, where do they want to study, research, collaborate, and what skills do they want to work on? An area that was mentioned in this section is developing a personal learning network, which is also known as a PLN. I'm a big fan of PLNs. It is an informal learning network that really consists of people you want to learn with. You will interact with them. And the personal learning network drives knowledge from in personal learning environments that you choose. So it's not a specific platform or a specific space. Um, It could be wherever you're wanting to connect and make meaning. This really comes from the principle of connectivism. So Simmons and Downs came up this coin. It's kind of a epistemological view and a way to look at how you're going to interact and develop in a highly connected society. So really, it's the collective actions and between all the nodes in a network that's a result of forming new knowledge. So really, you are creating knowledge and sharing knowledge, and it interacts between those networks that you currently connect to. So think about the people that's just in your own neighborhood, let's say, and where do you learn and what do you get from them on what's happening in your day to day? Do you see them while you're walking by? Do you communicate on your next door app? Are there other ways that you've made connections and meeting points that you've learned a little bit more about your neighborhood? This is also true for our work environments, our work industries, our work associations. We see these little nodes and pockets of groups off learning, sharing, whether it's swapping a resource article on a listserv to tweeting out a link to watch a really important webcast or video. We see them sharing between one another and also creating the knowledge and some of those previous things that we've talked about, like blogs, webcasts, webinars, videos, and podcasts. So I think about uh, connectivism as like uh, constructing meaning and constructing meaning from those that you are connected with. It really is creating a, a network that continues your professional development and knowledge growth. So on a social network, you might find them in a LinkedIn group or even on a Twitter chat, sharing and swapping ideas. You, another way that you can think about this is selecting five blogs that you find interesting and start reading them and maybe even contribute your own comment or consider starting your own blog or digital space to share what you're learning about as you start training up informally. Think about joining a microblogging community. So it could be an informal hashtag you follow on Twitter or an actual chat that meets on a weekly or biweekly basis on a topic of your choice. And you might also want to think about asking for more help and support with media. So if you want to get started with not only listening and consuming or watching and reading blogs, videos, podcasts, maybe you also want to contribute and start one of your own. 
like this one. So I did it for learning the CPLP, but you can design a podcast or a blog or another space that talks about what you're learning and the knowledge you're starting to create and find out more interesting around workplace learning and performance. The types of learning communities vary. So it really is going to be who you want to connect to and their specific backgrounds, their interests, their opportunities, challenges, and really why you want to be contributing to this community. So this is really where you find out where that networked learning is going to happen, the connectivism and that community of practice. So I think about that in terms of um, where you want to work and learn. And, and for me, a network community is a community of practice as a group of individuals who use maybe digital tools, maybe connect in person and online and get together in these spaces collaboratively for the purpose of building professional networks, contributing to their informal informal learning, and enhancing personal growth and being a member of this knowledge sharing community. So I've been studying this for the last few years, looking at network communities and network communities of practice to see how and why professionals in these spaces want to share. And so I just put a link into the episode notes, a little bit around this research context around networks and community, and also the project that's come about it and things that we're finding. There's so many opportunities to connect and share. And so we see people do this in some social networks. So they've repurposed Facebook groups. Uh, they may be using hashtags for Twitter chats. They might even have a LinkedIn group and conversation thread there, or even that feed that's on LinkedIn. I see a lot more people sharing resources and ideas. Uh, they might also have private and closed Slack channels. There's a number of them in organizations today using them or even a WhatsApp back and forth text of resources, uh, listservs, electronic bulletin boards, discussion forums, video channels, blogs, podcasts. There's so many, but they're not all limited to that. We have built-in systems and intranets and different sort of portals and ways to learn within our own organizations that have thought of it a little bit more, a space where people could drop in, read a bit, find information, and maybe offer some more sharing of knowledge themselves. We also have folks creating their own, like in the Mighty Networks. A colleague of mine has a prolific network for writing for academia, but I've also seen really interesting uh, networks like the Fishbowl app, where consultants from all different corporate consulting companies um, that are in this app can go and ask questions about what does it mean for salary or how should I talk about a pitch media negotiation, just sharing informally uh, resources, ideas, and how to work. And I think some of those uh, small conversations in these communities have been really helpful to foster some of this growth and learning. Informal learning is a journey, and if you really want to foster your own development in your profession and in your industry and within the organization, there's some other suggestions you might want to think about. Uh, you want to encourage employees to think about the internal, proprietary, social learning tools, blogs, and so forth that they're, they're talking within there as well. Uh, you want to offer quick references to job aids and offer ways to help people log in, get started, find communities, and those of interest that are professionally interesting to them and have them save them to their own browsers and return back to and encourage them to check in on them on a regular or maybe even weekly basis. You also want to champion and encourage those informal learning experiences. So let's say someone has a great win or a nice idea they've put out there and explain their process uh, within their informal network. Share that in a meeting, bring it up and mention it to someone else. Uh, educating managers about these cultural changes and shifting informal learning spaces are going to be so important because they don't know what's going on in these networked learning communities. So sharing strategies of how to engage, how to be part of a community, how to contribute to a learning network is going to be helpful. And it might be about explaining a software, talking about how to enter in or where the conversations and knowledge sharing is 
happening. And that's going to be a benefit to them personally or to their professional role. So if you have some spaces that you think are really helpful for your learning, I'd love to hear about it. And please let me know. I put a link to some of these resources in the show notes and there's much more. So if you're interested in anything connected to informal learning, networked learning and communities of practice, please get at me, find me on Twitter and even connect with me on LinkedIn because this is definitely a passion project and a research project that's really near and dear to my heart. The last community of practice that we should always be a part of, especially if you're studying for the CPLP. Hey, did you not know there is a certified professional in learning and performance candidate prep uh, group on LinkedIn? So if you haven't joined that, I'll put a link to that in the notes because that's one that you might want to ask questions if you're studying for the CPLP exam like I am. And let me know where else you go to find your networks and explore professional opportunities to learn informally online and in person, wherever you are. So so let me know what is engaging you informally in your own professional development and training and learning these days. Thanks for listening to the Learn Perform Mixtape. If you're liking this podcast, subscribe, tell a friend, give me a like and give me a review. If you're studying for the CPLP or you have already, let me know. I'd love to chat and I'd love to get your advice. Comments, questions, thoughts, and love are always welcome. And I have my details in every episode notes. So please reach out. Let's connect.